Blog Talk Radio. driving forces behind many investing decisions. The winners seem to know how to profit from public emotion or sentiment. Having an investing strategy is very... What? Hold up, hold up. Okay, sorry about that, guys. Tech issues there. Um, Okay, so let me start over. Fear and greed seem to be the driving forces behind investing decisions. The winners know how to profit from public emotion or sentiment. And having an investing strategy seems to be very important when emotion wants to bring chaos to logical thinking. Sean Hyman is my awesome guest today, and he's going to help us make more from the market, keep more of what we make by simply taking control of our emotion around investing. You have tuned in to Debt-Free Wealth Radio with Trudy Bierman. Thank you for taking us along with you as you're listening in on your mobile phone, on the web, or through our syndicated outlets. Welcome. I invite you to come on board as we explore all things money to move Christians to profitable stewardship via debt-free wealth by embracing the Bible as a practical, relevant guide to success. Today's topic is fear versus greed, investing and emotions keeping your decision process guarded. Now, the trend is your friend. Charts, breaking news, financial data, fundamentals, the bulls and the bears. Do you ever feel overwhelmed sometimes with all the information that's out there? And how do you make profitable financial decisions with all that money noise? After the disaster of many portfolios in the recession, a lot of us have taken control away from brokers and into our own hands, doing a lot of our own trading or directing or brokers. More importantly, Christians who suffered a financial setback may be questioning the abundance of God and whether or not wealth is actually okay for us to have or if it's just an Old Testament experience. These are some of the topics that we have been addressing over time as we've done this segment with Sean Hyman on financial um, reporting around investing. Now, Sean Hyman is an editor of Money News and the Ultimate Wealth Report, of which I am a subscriber. He is a regular guest on many news stations such as Fox, CNBC, and other national publications. And today he's going to weigh in on how to build wealth from home or through directing your broker through investing strategies. And he he has his own strategy called the Biblical Money Code, which he stumbled on to help him create wealth for many of the clients that he serves, especially through his newsletter. Sean, welcome. Hey, it's good to be with you. So honored to have you as a guest today. Uh, Sean, I want to just, you know, start with some conversation starters here. I have uh, no idea really where this is going to go. But um, tell me, would you even agree that there is, this is even an issue, that there really is an issue of emotion around the whole investing process? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's probably the top reason why uh, investors aren't successful, and it's definitely probably the number one 
thing that separates the the amateurs from the pros, the moms and pops from the professional money managers. It's not the the Yale and Harvard degrees or the degrees in finance or math or whatever uh, that that give the edge. It, it's literally the uh, control of the emotions because you know these days uh, a hedge fund and and me or you or anybody else can access the same fundamental data on uh, on a company. So we can all tell what its earnings are or its cash is or different things, all these different dynamics and learn all kinds of things about a, a business and learn about it even in, in fairly real time and things of that sort. So the data part of it is almost a level playing field. I mean, these guys sometimes still get up to, you know, nanoseconds or whatever, a little bit faster. But for investors, it really is pretty much a level playing field as far as the data is concerned. And so... Really, the success then boils down to predominantly being a uh, a level-headed, uh, non-emotional uh, investor, and so I think that's one of the biggest pieces of the pie right there. Wow, that's harder than it sounds. <laughs> um, you know, I'm going to throw this out there, uh, Sean, since I've traded myself. I, you know, women tend to be more emotional creatures, whereas men tend to have more linear logical thinking. Um, would What would you say to that? I mean, do we think we have really a fair playing ground on this, or do you think that a lot of women really need to pay attention to this emotion question even more so than men? Well, they definitely need to pay attention to the emotional aspect. Well, one thing I found is that a lot of women actually do better than a lot of men in trading or investing. Uh, fewer tend to go into it. But the ones that tend to delve into it uh, tend to do better because they tend to be more patient than the average man. They tend mm. to uh, um, not not bite off more than they can chew, so they, they tend to not you know lever out on margin and you know things of that sort. So they take tend to take a little bit more of a conservative path, and uh, and that seems to help quite a bit more. Uh, on that issue, I think too, uh, women are also more willing to take instruction, to be open to asking for help, and a lot of mm-hmm. men always tend to think, "I got this," and they're just kind of exactly. barreling forward. So, okay, well, that 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 makes sense, ladies. Um, as you as you just heard Sean say, fewer of us are doing this, which probably should change, <laughs> especially when you take into consideration what he said on the back end of it is that a lot of us are actually doing better than the men for obvious reasons mm-hmm. for well the obvious reasons for the you know for the reasons he indicated. I really honestly thought that we you know be, us be more emotional, but you have a good point there, uh Sean. That's, that's, that's awesome on that. Now, based on the whole emotion question and the whole process of investing itself, where do you find the emotion showing up and being more of a problem? Is it in the selecting of the nature of the investing uh, or the entering into the investing or the exiting. Where does it or does it show up in all places in varying degrees? What do you what would you say there? Well, all places to varying degrees, but there's not a whole lot of emotion on the front side of it because you're just getting into the investment, you're excited about it and you really haven't had any um uh, level of risk for any level of, of time. So everything's still so new, so it doesn't happen much there. Most of it honestly happens in between the buy and the sell. Uh <clears throat> because in people's minds they kind of have it set up emotionally to where they're going to buy this stock and very shortly it's going to turn positive for them and head higher without too many bumps along the way and then then they're going to sell and gloriously take this awesome profit and 
successful investing more times than not tends to not work out that way. The way it tends to work out is you buy this undervalued asset, and and you so you you place your buy, and then it goes down for a little while. It goes down for a period for for weeks, maybe months. Then it turns around and begins to come back out of that. And that whole dipping period and coming back to break even point is probably one of the biggest. Uh, emotional hurdles that the investor has uh, to, to, to withstand, but as they do that, uh, the trend has changed in their favor. The, they go, you know, if they can hold on, they'll go past break even. Uh, the, the asset will go from undervalued to fair value, many times even overvalued, and they they can take a nice profit. And of course, towards the exit, um, there there is some of the biggest battles of emotion because uh, if if you haven't made it back to break even, people are fearing, oh, should I? cut my losses and things of that sort because they're second-guessing what they've got into. But also, if you're into a great profit, then they're into the emotional battle of they're having to fight their, their greed. Even if something has gotten overvalued, they're, they're saying, man, if I'm going to kick myself in the tail end if I sell this thing and it keeps going up, you know, and I miss part of the run. So they cloud their judgment that way from the emotions as well. So there's, there's emotional hurdles the whole way through, but the biggest one is right in the middle between the buy and the sell. And uh, it's in that holding period because in a true investment, you may hold it a year or two or three or four or five. You know, it's, you're, you're really holding it for a period of time. And uh, so it's that waiting period, that interim, that, that tests your patience and your emotions. And that's where really the kind of the men are separated from the boys, so to speak. Uh, I really need to put a plug in here for the newsletter. <laughs> I, you know, I had a conversation with somebody who told me I got, I'm lazy. Um, and I, I'm going to say yes on that. I've come to trust you, which, you know, you know, I'm not going to advocate that anyone else should take this stand. I'm just telling you what I'm doing here. Um, I've come to trust you, and I've just kind of stopped, you know, evaluating the market myself. But that's me, guys. Don't, you know, don't do that. <laughs> I'm just telling you what I'm doing. But here's what I'm saying is that what that has done for me is that whatever the market's doing, I really am not getting emotionally involved, if you know understand what I'm saying, because I've just, you know, followed the alerts to get in or to wait to get out, you know, I just don't, and on top of it, Sean, is that when you put that money in, because, it, you know, if you're doing it right in the first place, as we've talked about in previous shows, you're not using the money that you're using to go to the groceries. You're not using the money that you're going to pay your mortgage with. This is money that you have already set aside, and in your mind, you've decided this is money that you're going to invest, which means you have pretty much decided it is risk money. This is money that you're going to take a risk on. Uh, if you can't potentially lose it, you shouldn't be investing it. So you, you put it in there, and, I mean, if anyone's ever looked at charts, they very rarely go in a, you know, in a direct upward or direct downward direction. They, they do that bouncing around thing. So if, if you understand that that's a natural way that charts look and you just, you know, are, you know, just feel confident and just relax, it just, you know, it's going to do what it's going to do or it's, you know, going to do what it's going to do. It's just, you know, so I just put that plug in there. For those of you who are interested, there will be a link in the show description for the newsletter. And of course, Sean has other books that gives you additional help with options and and all that kind of stuff. So if you want to go that route, but I just wanted to put that plug in there, Sean. So, all right. So it tends to show up, you say in that middle portion. So guys, look out for that. Um, I'm going to throw the next question here because you used the word fear and greed a while ago. You used the word fear and greed. So uh, the would you say that fear and greed are the dominant emotions, just based on what you just said, or are there any other emotions we should pay attention to as we as we go through this process? 
Yeah, mainly it's, it's fear and greed. I mean, of course, the other thing that, you know, they have to battle is impatience, you know, because we live in a world and a society where we want it now and we have it now. We have instant coffee and we have drive through windows and, you know, fast food restaurants and all these types of things. And so, you know, our Internet connections are fast and so forth. So we're, we're used to this uh, give it to me immediately, give it to me now type of mentality. And investing is not that way at all. Investing is more like the age of when most people were farmers. And, uh, you know, and they, they planted the seed and then they waited for it to sprout up and then they waited longer for the stalk to appear and then they had to wait longer even for the fruit or, or, or vegetables to appear on the stalk and et cetera uh, and, and even wait then longer for it to ripen and, and before it was ready for the picking for the eating. And so, you know, somebody that like the, the, the farmer that knows the, the long process to get from a seed to an actual edible, you know, vegetable or, or fruit really has the right mindset. Uh, and that's why a lot of people in agriculture tend to make very good investors because the nature of their business forces patience, forces the long-term view. And so even though most of us today are not farmers and don't live on farms and, and, and acreage of land and things like that where we farm, um, it is good to keep an analogy like that in mind that, you know, that I, I'm planting seeds of investment that are not necessarily going to sprout up from seed to full fruit or vegetable in days or weeks and, and sometimes even months, that, that it is going to take that time. And I do need to go ahead and mentally adjust and recalibrate my thinking to where I will, I will reap my harvest from the seeds I'm planting financially today one year, two years, or three years out. And, and as we do that, um, I think that a lot of frustration and impatience um, goes away because most most frustration and impatience has to do with misalignment of expectations. And so if we realign our expectations, that dissipates the uh, frustration and impatience. <coughs> okay. Uh, really, that's awesome. I just want to throw out there, guys, that Sean, is, if, if by any chance we lose uh, a connection with him, he is in a, a unique location to do this uh, <laughs> this airing today. So, um, but we don't we anticipate that the Lord will give us good favor on this. But just in case, um, we may have some uh, connection issues with him where he is. Anyway, so all right, Sean. So uh, that is fantastic what you just said. Uh, the whole you know farmers concept and planting that seed and all that. So it sounds to me, even though you didn't directly say it, that there is actually. Something to be said for having a system or a strategy. So if we, even if it's just mentally thinking about, you know, we're farmers, we're planting seeds, that still sets up a mindset system, even if there isn't an actual trade, you know, investing system. But it sounds to me like uh, having a system or strategy can really help with managing this emotion. Uh, what would you say to that? Yeah, if you don't have a strategy, you're probably going to be flippant and, and not consistent. So, you know, for me, um, I have a system that I have confidence in. It's, you know, it's buying fundamentally undervalued uh, stocks. It's buying them out of favor and things of that sort. And quite simply put, um, like if you think about it with retail, uh, when's, when's the best time that you're going to get the best price on a sweater? Well, if they're still on the shelves, it would be during the warmer weather during the summer. And when's the best time you're going to get a price, the best price on a T-shirt? Is probably in the dead of winter. If you know, again, if you can still find them on the shelves, and so they're they're out of favor at those times. Uh, they're still good quality T-shirts and sweaters. They're just they're they're out of favor. The public doesn't want them right there. The demand is not there. 
the interest is not there, and so therefore you cannot command a high price for it. You're actually getting a very low price for something that still has a baseline fair value somewhere there. But the supply and the demand and the sentiment for these uh, products is, has part of the bearing on whether uh, the product is priced high or priced low. And, and stocks are the same way. They go through waves of sentiment where, where they're uh, shunned by the public for whatever reason. Sometimes they're economic reasons or, or different things, but um, but they'll get shunned and they'll get to be undervalued. And there's still something that has a certain level of intrinsic value, but, but the investing public has underestimated it at that point. Uh, you know, due to lack of lack of demand and, and lack of interest, and so you can go in there and buy these solid, huge, big companies when nobody wants them. And uh, again, if you're buying these big companies with you know low price earnings ratios and deep pockets and billions of dollars in market cap and billions of dollars in cash and low debt and et cetera, you know if you're buying that, that that's not a bet, that's not a gamble, uh, that's something that uh, that you know will will very likely you know turn positive and do very well for you over time. And uh, and then when you do that with, you know, 10 or 12 or 20 stocks, whatever, over time, then uh, even if you had one or two of those that for some reason did not work out, you've got all the rest that did. So diversification helps your patients. Uh, having a system that you believe in helps your patients. And so that that, that out-of-favor, undervalued, beaten-down stock that's deep-pocketed and is a huge company, all that gives me great confidence in uh, in the future. I don't really have to guess that if I should buy whatever, Walmart or Target or Home Depot or, you know, some stock uh, like that that's huge and deep-pocketed, I don't have to wonder about, oh, are they going to make it? Are they going to be around in a year or two or three? I mean, they're, they're going to be around and they're going to do fine. So so the question is buying them at the right price. And so buying them fundamentally undervalued like that helps me to settle that. And then from that point on, it's just sitting, sitting and letting the seed grow into a full plant that produces fruit. Okay, awesome. Um, well, on that note, we're going to almost wrap up. No, Sean, is there any additional tips you want to share on this whole matter of emotion and investing, or have we pretty much exhausted it? Is there anything else you want to add? Well, it's just, you know, a lot of times people get caught up in the day-to-day stuff. So they watch CNBC, and what CNBC going to tell you? What a stock is doing on the day, typically. Um, and the news media, you know, all kinds of news announcements are telling you what's happening on the day or that month or that quarter. It's very near-term sighted. And so uh, most financial information you're going to find is going to encourage you to get too near-term sighted, and that tends to get people more worried and concerned and things of that sort. But when somebody focuses on the long-term fundamentals, how big the company is, how deep their pockets are, how literal their debt is, things like that, you, you, you get more focused on the longevity and the stability and the size of the company. And when your focus is there, you really start to care so much less about, you know, the day-to-day blips and fluctuations and whether this stock was up a half a percent on the day or down a half a percent on the day or something. And so, you know, I would encourage people really to not look at their account balances all that often. Don't look at your positions daily. Don't, you know, follow the news day by day on the events of stocks. If you've got good, solid companies, these companies are going to be around and they're going to do well over time. And you're just simply going to worry yourself if you kind of micromanage it and, and overanalyze and scrutinize and watch these things on a daily or weekly or even monthly basis. Okay. Fantastic. All right, guys. So that was pretty much uh, the whole concept of emotion and trading. Uh, sorry, not trading, investing. 
it really is a huge deal. Um, it's really impacting profits. It's, it's making people not going, come in, going, you know, come out too fast, all this good stuff. So, you know, at this point, you know, this, this, this show is here for you guys. You can come back through, listen to it again. Um, we also have had other shows in the past. Go back through the archives. Um, last time we talked about uh, Sean's book, the options trading book, and he shared his six tips. Um, we'll certainly have another show next month, second Tuesday, traditionally, unless Sean is unavailable for some reason. Second Tuesday of the month at this time, 11.30 Eastern Standard. And so, Sean, I really want to just let you know that I so appreciate you, so appreciate you being on. Um, you, is the, would you like to tell us how we can, uh, how people can follow up with you, a website or whatever? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They can find me at ultimatewealthreport.com, and that's where they so choose they can subscribe to the newsletter, and that will, you know, that really handholds you through your investing, and that's another way that you can keep your emotions down is by follow somebody who's been doing it a long time, and uh, it's not that you have to totally trust. Um, you know, my, my recommendations, you can actually go and, and verify all the data and facts yourself, you know, if, if you so choose. But at least it gives you a baseline of something to work with. It tells you what we're investing in, what price we're buying it at, and why, uh, when we're selling it, and why. And so you really learn a lot about the whole investing uh, environment. And just that knowledge level itself uh, over time uh, helps to uh, dispel a lot of fears as well. The more you get to know something, the more you get involved in something. And so that's, that's why I think the ultimate wealth has been good for, you know, so many thousands of uh, of investors, and I think it will be for your listeners as well. Okay, and for those who want something a little bit more faster and then more in and out, they can also check into that options book that you have that gives them a little bit more uh, insight into that option as well. Sean, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I challenge all breadwinners, leaders, entrepreneurs, authors, and coaches to step into your moment. Easiest way to connect with me, guys, is to download my app to your smartphone. And thank you for tuning in to today's show. Let's pick up the momentum and press on for the prize of the high calling of God in Jesus Christ. Trudy Berman here saying, I love you all. Thank you very much, Sean. Thank you. <laughs>